This is Lost in the Groove. And I'm Mike. I'm Dave. We hippies have come together to spark change. So together, we give you our society and culture podcast. So with that, let's get funky and let the intro music play, baby. If you're someone that is struggling with mental health, or possibly you yourself are struggling with mental health, be sure to reach out to The Trevor Project, which is thetrevorproject.org. If you're in assistance and you need immediate help, uh, we're going to also be leaving a link in the description page below, so you can go ahead and check them out. Uh, Without further ado, let's start today's episode. So today we're going to be covering mental health. What is mental health and how does this have any effect in the LGBT community? Well, the better way or the best way to approach this is understand the social norms behind it. What has happened to allow this problem to grow and be such a difficult issue that so many people have to endure throughout their day-to-day life? We want to break this down, work together as a team so that you listeners and all of us can have a better understanding for your friends, your family members, or just curious about mental health in the community itself. So without further ado, let's start today's topic. So mental health is, um, is probably one of the biggest aspects to this um, this topic and the community as a whole, we don't realize the amount of damage um, and frustration and pain that uh, people go through for the longest, right? Many, many decades, people have remained um, in secrecy about their, uh, their sexual preferences, their, uh, their lifestyles. Things are changing, right? So- societal norms are changing now. And though there there might be a little more acceptance now, uh, there's still a lot of um, issues within within the community. Uh, you know, we can talk about a lot of these different things, from uh, the hate speech to the harassments to um, to um, family related uh, circumstances where uh, a, a lot of people just find themselves kind of closed off because of these preferences or these things. The last episode was great because we were able to get some insight about, um, about some of the medical r- related um, aspects to this, um, to this, I wanna say either preference for some or a, uh, a, a certainty, I guess for a, a lack of a better term, a certainty that, um, that for some people they are, born this way very fascinating when she yeah. had mentioned um that there are these these genetic um either anomalies or something something like that that was really fascinating it's, uh yeah it's it's chromosomes but you know you make a very you make a very valid point and i mean amber amber said it very well i think some people agree with this and some people won't agree with this we do live in a world which is based by societal norms 
And societal norms is not based on science. It's not based on anything parable or anything physical or anything like that. It's based on people's beliefs, solely on what people believe is right and what people believe is wrong. You know, we live in a society where there's this idea of a man and a wife. That's it. There's a man and a woman, and that's it. That's the end of the story. The end. But we've seen throughout history, and we've seen throughout science, that that's not true. So you have people that are not part of that social norm, because not everyone fits in that category. But then they're being put into this position of where, well, what you're doing is wrong because we decided... I don't know, 100 years ago, maybe two, 300, maybe 1,000 years ago, who knows, that this is the correct way of living and there's no other correct way of living. This is the only way. I think uh, that, probably, that probably stems from either a part of religion, which is, I mean, there's... Beliefs. There's that, yeah, that's probably a, a big factor because religions, uh, for the longest time, have been very powerful, very influential, but... Another another aspect I can't uh, I can't deny is that uh, civilizations need procreation, right? That's that's how productivity grows. That's how uh, countries grow, civilizations grow. Um, without procreation, you don't get any of these. So this is another aspect I believe that uh, correlates with that norm that. They, we've created these norms because we know that man and woman equals children and children equals more tax dollars, more productivity, more consumption. I mean, from we a don't broader... Live in that, we don't live in that world anymore, though. No, we certainly do. Because if we look at it, even today, um, birth rates are extremely low. Now, people can refer to the uh, Georgia Guidestones, for example, that suggests... Uh, the so-called elites want to reduce population sizes because of the overconsumption. Um, we can refer to the fact that uh, all of this time, over the course of three decades, because society is changing, the norms are changing, what is acceptable um, uh, in terms of uh, lifestyles and choices and pre preferences are expanding, uh, Inevitably, what has been affected? Birth rates. People don't want to have as many children. And for those that aren't even, you know, kind of compatible with man or woman, um, you know, they won't have children. They might adopt, let's say, right? But getting back to like mental health regarding this topic, it's, it's complicated in some ways. You know, you mentioned before we started, Dave, you mentioned... Uh, uh, the lack of education, the confusion that surrounds it. You experienced this yourself of, as you were growing up, you weren't really sure why you were feeling the way you were. And I'm sure no. it was scary, right? It, it, it was frightening. Yeah. yeah the, the, you know, like being a person that's a part of the community, then I, you know, yeah. and also being part of the Jewish community, the ultra-Orthodox Jewish community. And the the way that it's approached is where you're mentally not well. And this is not the correct way of living. It's 
it's wrong, it goes against what we stand for, it's, it's immoral, it's disgusting. But all it's done is cause a generation of very depressed teenagers, very high suicide rates. I mean, we, we are seeing suicide rates we haven't seen in God, God knows how long. It's, it's insane. And all of it is because lack of education. You know, whether beliefs, whether, you know, you don't believe in it, but to go ahead and make a person, make a teenager, okay, we're talking about children that are going through enough as it is, hormones, uh, changes in their body, periods, uh, I mean, these sexual feelings, you may not, you don't have to agree with it, but don't approach it like as if they're, they're sick and they're damaged. You know, the worst thing you can do to someone, especially when they're younger, is make them feel damaged. Because you're just creating, you know, non-existent chaos for absolutely no reason. And yeah, yeah self-doubt and... Self-hatred, self-hatred. and yeah, all yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, you know, on some, on, on some levels, I understand being that I'm raising children myself and um, I see how important it is to uh, raise them in a way that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily wouldn't make them feel like what you're describing, you know, um, you know when they do something wrong, we want to point it out, but we don't want to um, kind of emphasize the, uh, the bad behavior as much as we want to emphasize why it's not acceptable behavior. Right. Um, and there's a similarity between that in, in the sense that if you're just going to punish them because of the bad, uh, bad behavior, then that creates a lot of, uh, a lot of feelings internally within a child. And uh, they may still act out in various ways. Imagine if it's the flip side of the story where we are talking a, uh, a child who is going through these difficult emotions, unsure of why they feel the way they do. I mean, uh, imagine that circumstance is exactly what Amber Rose was talking about. Yeah. Um, being, born, being born with some chromosome irregularities um, that have some, uh, some of both, and there's, it's just out of... It's just out of sync. Uh, that is incredibly confusing. Yeah. But uh, but to to punish or to 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 take aggressive actions towards your kid for having feelings of that type will only make it worse, right? I, yeah. I've said I've said it for so long, and one of the you know from our last season of psychedelics, one thing that I had mentioned was you know if more people took psychedelics. It would be a broader, um, a broader ability for acceptance among all people, and that's that's a good thing, especially within this community. Yeah. So for it, all of yeah. society. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it's, you know, we've said this so many times. I mean, we're living, we're living in a generation where people are wanting to be more open, more than anything else, and we're living in. We're living in a generation where we have a choice. I always say this. We have a choice. 
And our choice is we can continue making people feel bad and keep punishing people because we don't agree with their beliefs, or we can set aside our beliefs and say, hey, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Prophet Muhammad. I believe that there's God. You know, all of these things. But still have the respect to look at someone and say, you know what? I may not agree with your life choices, but I'm here for you because I care about you. I want the best for you. It's the most simplest sentence that you could possibly say to anyone. But people still refuse to say those sentences because it goes against my beliefs. But that person doesn't believe in what you believe in. Why are we pushing this? And we are living in a generation now more than ever where people are now separating and allowing, I guess the word is connection, Mike. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's the appropriate word for it, but openness. Psychedelics are all about openness. Well, opening, I mean, opening the, your mind. I think that's. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting. The um, the connection with uh, with religion, as you as you brought it up, you know, one thing one thing that comes to mind with religion is that it it definitely teaches uh, some form of acceptance, and it's funny that within that context, though it teaches to have acceptance, to practice acceptance um, and forgiveness, but it's, uh, it's not really, it's not always the case. And, you know, when I think about the broader society and you mentioned cyberbullying as well as an aspect of it, you know, the, and this is a, a personal opinion, just from my perspective and my views, um, as I look at um, as I look at the bigger picture, some of you may not agree with this, and that's okay. Some of you may hate me for saying this, but I don't disagree or deny that there is discrimination, marginalization of um, the LGBTQ community from various uh, respects. But I also feel that the amount of, uh, or the comparison of, if we were talking about who the demographics are that do the cyberbullying or don't practice acceptance and just, uh, I wanna say, just spread around hate speech. The group is, I feel, much smaller than broader society. I think majority of us are more accepting, right? Right. but. Okay, you have a point, and I don't, I don't disagree with you. But there's another point to take in, which is there are many people that are part of the community. Now, again, I grew up in a, I grew up in a Jewish community. There are many of us, talking about people that came from where I came from, that are still in that community or have partially left. So the people that have left... From my experience, we move on with our lives, we make peace, we live in areas where we're accepted, and we're okay. The people that are in the community, they have to face it on a day-to-day -day basis, because that's the environment that they're in. The people that are partially out, but they're still in the closet, 
whether it be religion or their sexuality, they are at a crossroads. So sometimes people are put into a predicament that they can't get themselves out of, whether they be too young and they can't live on their own or they don't have enough money, whatever the, the, the story may be. But there's still that part of where we still live in a segregated country, which is you have the South and you have the North. You have the liberals, you have the conservatives, you have the white supreme nationalist, you have the Black Lives Matter movement, you have the women's liberation movement, and then you also have the women's rights for trans movement. Why am I saying this? What I'm saying is that is you have opposite sides in opposite side areas, meaning you'll have these people in these racist areas or these segregated areas, and people are still going to... It's a hard, you know what, like, it's hard because you make a valid point, but at the same time, I don't really think you can give it an answer. I don't I, think, I, think, I don't I think, think there is an answer. I think you're right, but, the, you know, this touches up on a very important aspect that though there are all these different groups and movements and, um, and uh, uh, this perceived division, these are still minority groups. They're not, you know, if you go and you try to speak to a broader audience of people, you're going to find that most people are accepting. Most people do not even really identify with one or the other, particularly, let's say, the from the ages of 20 to about 40 years old. And I've met even people who are much older. So when we think of conservatives, um, they could be uh, 40 and above. And they may, not, they may not live in the South necessarily, but mm -hmm. you, you would be surprised how much acceptance they have of yeah. whatever people want to do. People have this idea that conservatives are going to be racist or they're, they're, they're not all the time. I'm semi-conservative. I mean, I'm a libertarian. You, you know this. So, like, I'm a great example of this. So people could say, but here's the thing. I come from, I, you know, I come from, my parents were interracial. I come from a Jewish community and I left, so I left. I was part of religious community, and I'm part of the gay community, and I'm a libertarian. So I, I'm more towards the liberal side, but I am somewhat conservative. So you make a valid point. I'm one of those people that, like, not only am I part of it, I'm very accepting. But from an outside perspective, like, oh, he's a libertarian. He must be. I'm not. Sure, but that's that's all perception. You of course. Know, I, th I, think, um, I think it's really important to note that though we have all of these different groups that are out there pushing for whatever their beliefs are, there's still a much smaller uh, uh, proportion to the, the whole. There's a lot of people out there. We are talking 350 million Americans. Not all of them identify with any specific group. Some yeah. identify with multiple uh, groups. Yeah. Some are apolitical. Thankful. Yeah. Some of them are right in the center where they're like, you know what? I'm, you know, I don't agree with everything from every specific group, but I can understand them. And, and when I look at the, this bigger picture, I see that, okay, though there is a lot of issues within these marginalized communities, um, the amount of actual hatred come or comes from a very small demographic of people. I mean, I say small, that could be 10 million people. That's not yeah. necessarily small, but when we think of 350 million Americans, it's a small, small. number. It's a small number. Yeah. 
So 100%. Major- a greater majority of us, I want to say, are more more than likely uh, very accepting. We believe in the same rights in that, like, do you because I'm doing me. And I think this is where uh, a lot of people make the mistake that uh, that's that's part of liberty, that people care about themselves more than they care about what they're doing. So when we think about the, the 10 million people that might be um, overly hate, uh, hateful, overly racist towards gays or blacks or Latinos or or whatever. But for the sake of uh, this episode, let's say just the LGBTQ community, um, you know, which is not people... a small, but it's not a small matter, by the way. I mean, it, it in itself. No. In itself, you also, like you mentioned, minority, like in the LGBTQ community, there is minority. Um, yeah, so so they 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 identify yeah. with both sides, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. They're getting the hatred from both sides. Yeah, right for being gay or lesbian or for being black, Latino, Asian, or whatever. One hundred one hundred percent. And um and and that that can make psychological uh, impact even even harder to uh, to kind of cope with. Yeah. Um my my general point is that though I understand the hatred exists. I, I also do understand that there are many people like myself, many people like yourself who are open-minded, um, beautiful people that, uh, that are accepting, uh, and we love prosperity, we love liberty. That means I'm doing me, I care about me and what I want and what makes me happy. I don't have time to think about um, what someone else's preferences are or, 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 or any of those things. That may sound selfish, but newsflash, we are selfish beings, so don't ever yeah. get it twi- don't ever get it twisted. Yeah, and you know, like I had um she was an older woman, she was a lesbian. I, I remember I met her in Israel. Very sweet. She told me something, and this is so valuable, and I, I think a lot of you guys would appreciate this. Whenever whenever somebody bullies you, like online, you know, for example, you know, you're doing something or whatever. And they put a hate comment. She said, don't think about the person hating you. Think about it like this. That person hates themselves so much, they can't stand a fierce queen like you being absolutely glamorous. They have to, they have to put in something hateful. because they, they have can't to tear you st- down. They can't stand themselves. So if anybody ever gets hate comments... Just think about the the people that are posting these. These are pathetic low lives that they would they would give their lives up to be just like you. That's you know, someone said this, and he may not be very liked, but political correctness is evidence of lack of self esteem. That's absolutely factual. As I reflect on it for much of my life, and when I first heard it and examined it, it's absolutely true. And what you're saying and what that woman said in Israel is absolutely true. People that want to tear you down, isn't, it's not because they hate you or that um, they may not even know you, right? But the bottom line is that they're unhappy with themselves. So it's, it's easier for them to lash out and try to tear somebody down without, without provocation without any decent reasoning behind it or argument. Um, but this is how humans behave. It's not surprising. Yeah. Um, I think for, you know, for any minority group, 
And this is a personal advice. You can take it or leave it, but, you know, be proud in your own skin, learn, learn to be proud and stand. People will always find reasons to try to tear you down. That's not, um, you know, you can't, don't live your life in fear because it will dominate. 100%. And it's, it's so strange because like when, you know, like I, I, I think we both can say that we're both a part of a minority group. I mean, you come from, you come from Armenian descent. I come from uh, Moroccan and then also Eastern European. And there's just, there's something about being a part of that world and then being just so so strong and so powerful and so fierce at the same time. But I think one of the greatest things that have ever, like, came out of the LGBT community is those minorities. Like, just looking up online, I'm going to remember a name. I don't know if you've heard the show Orange is the New Black. Yeah. came out many years. Yeah. Many years ago. And it had, um, she's transgender. She's from the black community. Her name is Laverne Cox. And she is like one of the most incredible, most fabulous women you'll ever see on television. You know? And it doesn't matter if she's trans. It doesn't matter that she's black. All that matters is she's just so incredibly talented. And you're like, that's, that's another thing you can also look at, especially like if a person is feeling... Like, who am I? You know, I'm, I'm so disgusting. Look at those people that have gone through absolute hell, but they are the most incredible people, despite the fact that they're part of the LGBT community and despite the fact that they're part of minority. Well, you know, I didn't watch the show, but I can tell you this from experience is that um, life is hard and Tomorrow will always bring new challenges for you. Your struggles are what develop your character. Are you come to the pressures or are you going to rise up and overcome them so that you can be a better person tomorrow? Everything around you is in some ways designed to suppress your greatness. So it's important to make sure that you're that you're aware and that you are working towards bettering yourself. One, one thing that can help you do that is overcoming your fears. You know, just as I said, I don't, um, I don't much care. Like people can do what they want to do. The one thing that um, has bothered me over the years is that I have run into some people within the LGBTQ community who are quite, um, uh, over the top and hundred percent uh, and, 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 uh, and, and unrespectful regardless. And that's, uh, and that's concerning, you know, I've, it's not the majority, it's the but minority. It, it, it comes from a place of pain because it's the same thing where I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but it's the same thing in the black community. There are quite a number of people in the black community. It's not a majority, but there are, that can't stand white people. They can't stand them. They hate their guts, the passion. I don't blame them. I don't. I I get where 100% they're coming from. They've been enslaved. 
tortured and mutilated by white people for over 200 years. Longer. four or 500 years since slavery started. But that's not a reason to hate innocent people. You don't know if this person is a white supremacist. You, you don't know. Yeah. You, you I mean, don't know. You, you know, I get their point, but I, you also have to say to yourself, there's a line of respect, which means is that I want you to respect me, and you want me to respect you. Okay. We may not agree with each other, but you know what? I'm going to stick with my beliefs because this is what I want in my life, and you stick with yours. Sometimes people are just so emotional Mutual and they respect have respect is probably the most important. Yeah. But people are they have so much trauma yeah, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. They just they can't help themselves. And that okay. that comes from uh right back to like full circle what we were talking about, lack of education. Right? I mean, um people are emotional. The the simplest form of emotion is hatred. Um even if they don't understand it, you know, but they do uh, exhibit those uh, those behaviors towards others. And uh, it's something that takes a lot of time to overcome. Now, if we're looking at um, that minority of 10 million people who are still racist or who, who still spread hate speech, who still um, uh, find uh, find that their beliefs are the only ones that matter, you know, they're the ones that lack most of the education that's required for being present in this society. You know, if you want to live in this period of time, you have to have a little more acceptance. doesn't mean be more liberal. It means be more accepting that things are changing and that you, um, you are a part of this world. Everyone is a part of this world. 100%. And, you know, uh, Kind of the last point, um, so we you know we can wrap up is, I think we both can we could both see eye to eye of this is community, family, friends, uh, mental health. I think starts from community and family from a very early age. Right. You know, most of us grew up in a family. Yeah, that also means single moms. Single mom is also family. Uh, single dads are also family. Just growing up in that environment of having a parent, two parents, a sibling, you grow up with, you know, you have a kid, you want her to grow up with what you feel is the, the right education, the right teachings from your experience, from what, you know, you saw your parents could have done better. That's how we continue on. And... I personally have seen this. Many doctors, psychiatrists, family doctors are all going out there and saying the most important thing a parent could ever do in their entire raising of their child is to listen. Absolutely. When, you know, 100%. Yeah. You know, especially uh, as they grow up. So if you're within that community of LGBTQ and you're young and you're you know, um, and you're confused about these things, who do you talk to? You might be afraid to turn to your parents, but, you know, they should have, uh, they should love you because you are their child. And with that comes the acceptance of like wanting to just listen because um, sometimes listening is all you can really do as a parent. 
yeah. to be able to um, understand what your kid is going through, um, especially if parents are emotionally available. I think a lot of them these days may not be for a long time, many decades, they haven't been. It's the way society has been constructed. Um, everybody's got to work. Everybody's got somewhere to be. And so emotionally, they're all stretched very thin. So uh, children are generally raised by the system through the education systems. And that that works a lot of times. I mean, I turned out all right. I still got my own issues, but I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to work on them. The first step is, you know, recognition, identifying what those problems are. Um, but, uh, you know, for any of you that may be experiencing some of these hardships and you're still young, uh, you, talking to somebody helps and being able to sort your feelings out uh, and try to begin to understand them. I guess a great example is just like what you went through, Dave, as a kid, like, this isn't something that happens overnight. You may spend years and years trying to better understand and sort your feelings out as to why when you're going through what you're going through. 100%. Yeah. I mean, like I told you since I was, when I was three years old, and I, I remember this, I was about three or four years old, I was in kindergarten. I just remember hanging out with the girls because I was very uncomfortable around the boys in preschool, you know, in, in whatever, kindergarten, preschool, whatever you want to call it. So, so the thing that I saw, and again, we also have parents that are listening to this too, from, you know, you as a parent, in my perspective, of uh, me growing up, there are signs at a young age, you know, and sometimes it depends on your child, sometimes it's better not to say anything, but look at the signs. Because the whole thing is, is like, right, you know, it's a stupid kid playing with toys. But everything your kid's doing is telling you who they are from the ages of three all the way to ten. You know, you've seen things with your daughter and how she plays with things I, or how she puts things away or how she talks. But, you know, I can also say this, uh, scientifically speaking, and it is factual that uh, between the ages of, let's say, one and five years old, there isn't a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of importance placed on like who your child prefers to play with, whether it's boys or girls. I mean, no, no, no. I'm just there I might gave, be I gave that as an example. Out there, I gave that, that as an example. Otherwise, no, no, no. Hold on. I I know. I just want, but I want to finish this. Okay. My my point is is that. Between the ages of one and five, clinically speaking, from all the researchers, what they see is that children are just exploring. So imagine if you're overly protective as a parent and you see your son at two years old wanting to play more with girls and you're like, no, 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 that's not, you know, that's not okay. You should be playing with boys, right? Or vice versa. They don't understand the concept of that. They, you know, they won't understand that for for quite some time. The the point between one and five, why I bring it up is because it's it's an exploration. They're exploring, they're learning, they're playing, and it's completely healthy. It, you know, I would say if we're referring to Amber and what she had suggested through the chromosome anomalies um, uh, from birth, that's a separate story. But if we're talking about a majority of the kids that are born, they may not have 
this specific anomaly. Um, and to say like at the age of three, like, oh, chances are they're probably, you know, supposed to be this gender or that gender. It's not the case either. They're just playing. And you have to allow them that space to play. Um, you know, emotional development and uh, psychological development and, and sexual orientation comes much later in life. This is one of the areas that I had uh, serious issues with the previous administration during Obama's time as they were making changes to um, how restrooms are used in schools and various things of that nature. Um, as I dive deeper and deeper into it, I found like, hey, man, just leave the kids alone. I understand if there's a percentage of kids that have those specific chromosome uh, differences. Yeah, that's a different story. One hundred percent. But most kids that are born don't have those circumstances. No. So, like, why plant the seed of of something like that when it's not even it's the furthest thing from their mind between mm -hmm. ages one and five, one and ten? Like, they just want to play. Yeah, not concerned about sexual orientation. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you gave a great point, and I, I'm a very, you know, I'm a very strong believer of this. Is where that there is no need for a trans bathroom. There's nothing wrong with a trans woman going into a regular woman's bathroom. There's no problem with a trans man going into a man's bathroom because they're a man and they're a woman. There should. Right. There sh They've there already made the change. There's no need, you know. And even yeah. if, for example, they're <laughs> partially transitioning, they are a woman. You don't like hearing it. I don't care. They're a woman. And to put them in a man's bathroom, it, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. You know, I think, I think that was more of a political statement, probably. That's my personal opinion, is like making that change th through legislation uh, to, to allow the, the use of uh, either or by uh, whichever uh, gender and... Wh whichever one you identify by you know, is absolutely unnecessary because if you've made the transition, then that's kind of it. If you went from man to woman or woman to man and, you know, you use the associated restroom. Um, yeah. That most, uh, I feel, was mostly a political stunt uh, to appease whom I don't know exactly. Um, and moreover, I'd like to note that there is there is that circumstance of the discrimination was was the 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 political move to ease discrimination i feel like it's brought more attention to it mm -hmm. more more negative attention to it than uh, it needed this is kind of goes back to what i originally said is like i have seen people within the lgbtq community over the past decade that are really over the top disrespectful um and i feel like they uh, present the wrong idea or image of the community. Uh, yeah. Why? Because I've met, I've met really sweet people from both sides. You've been just friends genuinely with, you, good people. You, you've been friends with one for two years. So it, it just goes to show that um, the, the difference between the two and that more so you, you bring this negative attention that wasn't necessary, you know, prior Prior to maybe the legislative changes, many people may have been afraid to come out of the closet, but they weren't confused about who they were, right? Yeah. Like they, they knew it. Coming out of the closet only, you know, could it be a, a concern of like, oh, I might lose my job? Like, sure, that's a form of discrimination and that is a problem. 
that needs to be dealt with. Um, your social circles, sure, but that's not something that you can politicize. You can't legislate love. No. So that means, yes, there is a fear of losing your job if you come out of the closet. But there's laws. And that would... is a serious circumstance. Yeah. But there's laws to combat that. I mean, it's not like it used to be. Today, if you fire somebody because of discrimination, but, yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. And as it should be, right? Any, any yeah. discrimination towards of a, course. A, good employee, a good employee who does their job, shows up on time, like it does not matter. Uh, orientation. It's like, great, you show up, you do your job, you get paid. Like, I don't care what you do in your private time. Yeah. Now, the, um, well, what was it? I, I had something um, to add to that. But, but if we switch over to the fear of, let's say, what your social circle is going to feel about you coming out of the closet, like, again, you can't legislate love. If you lose friendships over that, well, they don't, you know, your friends don't have as much tolerance or acceptance. And that should be okay, too. You know, yeah, you don't you want, be you don't to, want that. No. Yeah, you shouldn't want friends who necessarily can't accept who you are through and through. So that means it's time to make new friends. And that's okay. Yeah, that is that is not something you can legislate. If we no. look at, let's say, um, how your family looks at you, right? If, if we specifically examine that, you know, there's fears about coming out because you don't know how your immediate family may react or how they may feel. But that you know, isn't something you can legislate. No, you, you, you can't. But I can say, you know, I came out to my mom six years ago. My mom is still religious and she's, you know, a part of the community. It's been a learning process. You know, family, family is always going to be a different one. But here's the thing. Family's flesh and blood which means that you don't pick your family. And sometimes maybe hurts, maybe painful. Sometimes you got to let them go. You could try, but you, you know, and, and it's not a bad thing. All that means is that you, you just, you cannot have a compatible relationship. Maybe in the future, maybe, but just be thankful for what you have. You know, maybe you lose one brother, but you have three other brothers that are okay and, Maybe not so 100% supportive, but they're still there for you. It's not a total loss. There are people, unfortunately, where they lose everything. Job, family, friends, life, everything. That's very unfortunate. It's not very common. Right. And, th and that in itself, if, if we circle back to um, psychological trauma and, uh, and the pains associated with it, like that being the most extreme outcome would uh, would destroy people most certainly and uh, mental health yeah. mental health is a big aspect um, for that certain outcome uh, I would hope that it's not that common but it's understandable uh, that it does occur from time yeah. to time you know that's um, it's a it's a tough topic to discuss but yeah. I think um, I think you and I both have some really really good perspectives from the acceptance, the tolerance to the understanding that, you know, it's a little more complicated than just discrimination or just hatred, hate speech, uh, mental health preferences, children. I mean, um, at the end of the day, we may need several more decades to kind of iron all of this out, yeah. but 
Um, but the most important is that people just remain respectful all around, you know, um, find, find yourself. Yeah. Be happy, be happy in your own skin, be who you are. You know, your orientation doesn't, doesn't, um, determine your character. No. If you're a good, if you're a good person, that's all that matters. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think with that, that, you know, we're going to wrap up and say that just, um, just be there. You know, sometimes we don't understand and things take a little bit of a learning curve, but we're here to learn. We're here to be a part. And just remember that, just like Mike put it, which is so beautiful, orientation doesn't define the person. You yourself define who you are. And don't let who you sleep with, who you have a relationship with, or what, how much, mel- you know, what do you call it, uh, melanin is in your skin, define who you are. So that, we'll see you guys in the next one. All right, guys, we have reached that time in our podcast. This has been great. It has been fun, and we got lost in the groove. So stay tuned. Every Tuesday, be sure to check out a new episode of Lost in the Groove. It premieres about 2 a.m. in the morning, and our other channels, Sham Bam with Mike and Dave, which is our Patreon podcast, and our extra special, The Shindig Variety Show. Podcast. Links will be down in the description box so you can vote for what topic we cover next season. And what other kind of content or new ideas and stuff we have to offer. Thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you guys in the next one. <laughs>